Today is Community Life Sunday, and it is a day we do this three times a year where we celebrate community life. We put a focus on community life, and we celebrate it. And uh, if you're new to City Harvest, or maybe you've been here and you think we have so many definitions for so many things, and they constantly change, and uh, what does community life stand for? It's about being in community. Catch this one. And experiencing life. Huh? Yeah. We have to search far and wide to find these definitions. The fact is that we want to be in relationships that are life-giving. And, uh, and we need it. God puts us into community. He puts us into relationships with others. And the neat thing is, is a lot of times the relationships in the community where we experience the most life are ones that we wouldn't normally pick. How many of you have ever experienced that where you got put into a group or you started meeting with people that you kind of at first were like, oh my gosh, I really don't want to do this. This isn't my people. But all of a sudden God used it and brought life to you through it. Amen. The rest of you, we just raise your hand so I feel good about what I'm saying. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> So anyway, so we are celebrating community life. It's also the Sunday where we kick off our upcoming trimester of community groups and just different things happening in discipleship ministries. And there'll be an email going out tomorrow with all of the different groups for you to, uh, to look through. And what we encourage and ask is that you find one. We have morning ones, evening ones, live ones, Zoom ones, day ones, all over the map. There's groups where you meet and you worship and you pray. And, and you encourage one another. There's book studies, there's uh, Bible studies, there's classes, there's all sorts of things out there. And the idea is that you go through it, you say, Lord, what do you want me to see? Lord, where do you want to put me so I can receive what you have for me right now and also so I can give to others what you've given me? And so we pray through that, and then we find the group that God wants us to be in, and we experience the wonderful work of community life. But the other thing we do is we like to hear from different um, City Harvest family members who just share a little bit about their journey. And we usually kind of have a little bit of a theme to it. And so we did the different lifestyle, um, lifestyle of prayer and lifestyle of worship sermon series, and we're kind of soft launching today and kind of going into uh, this next week's is a lifestyle of discipleship. Now, a lot of times when we think of the word discipleship, uh, at least I do, a lot of times what, what I've heard over and over is more, it's like what follows, it's the six months to 12 months following when you decide to make Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Discipleship, though, really signifies as one, we as individuals grow in our relationship with Jesus. So from the very time we first start experiencing Christ in every step we take until the day that we're with Christ in heaven is discipleship. We're growing as disciples. We're never supposed to stop. We've never arrived. We never got enough. We never graduate from the discipleship class. And as being a disciple, as we then disciple others, it's everything we do in our life, as long as it's pointing towards Jesus. Really, we're discipling people at all times. It's just, what are we discipling them to towards? Are you discipling them towards our own way of thinking and our own beliefs and, my, and our own style? Or are we discipling 
people towards Jesus and who Jesus wants to be in them. And so today, what we're gonna um, what we're gonna hear is we have uh, two two people uh, today are in the nine a.m. service, and then two in the eleven, and then two in the two p.m. service that are just gonna share how they were discipled, how they came to City Harvest, and what that looked like for them. So, you guys ready for this? I'm really excited for it. So, we're gonna hear from two people, and what I want to encourage you on uh, one of the things is how many people. Um, don't like public speaking. Most likely you also don't like raising your hand when asked. (laughs) But one of the things to encourage a public speaker is to uh, encourage them and let's, we're going to clap for them. We're going to cheer them on. And when they're done, we're going to agree with them. Have you ever had to laugh at someone's joke, even when it wasn't funny? So if they crack a joke and it's not funny, just laugh at it. Okay. And, and just go with it. No, we want to encourage them because we're excited to hear the gift of God inside of them that as it comes out, we believe we've used the phrase before ordinary people doing extraordinary things. We don't, we, we see ourselves as ordinary people. All of us are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And he's called every single one of us. There's not an elite group, an elite class. It's all of us stepping out. So we're going to have two people. Uh, First, we're going to have Robbie Schaefer is going to come up and speak. Can you give him a cheer? And then uh, after Robbie, Chelsea Vanderlis is going to share. I'm just going to pray real quick. Father, I pray for just clarity. I pray for peace upon Robbie and Chelsea as they share. Lord, open up our hearts and our minds to receive what it is you have for us. Lord, we're not just listening to a story. We're not just listening to um, an event that took place or their perspective. God, we're listening to you speak through them. So regardless of our age, regardless of how long we've been saved or whether this is our first time into a church, regardless of anything, Lord, you have something to share to us. So Lord, I ask that you would release them or that, that nervousness would go or any doubt would go that you would release them to speak to us to build us up and lord we would receive all that you have for us this morning in jesus name amen robbie all right well uh i mumble and talk fast so i apologize when i get nervous if i'm doing that um so i uh i met bob uh he was crossfit bob i didn't know him as pastor bob i know he talks about it once in a while it's one of his passions um, down at the CrossFit Fort Vancouver gym, and um, it was a perfect time in my life. Uh, I grew up a Christian, but it was a time in my life that um, I kind of was questioning religion and Christianity. It was just just a phase, I think. And um, like I said, I didn't know Bob was a pastor, but um, eventually I found out, and he was gracious enough to ask, let me ask theological questions and challenge him, even though he was in there getting a workout. And um, I was very grateful for that. And he never really pushed um, coming to this church. You know, he, he let me know he was a pastor, and he was always so happy to, to answer my questions. And um, then also a good friend of his that's been here since the beginning, Kirby, and his son Jeremiah were down there. So I was very fortunate to kind of have those people to lead me here. And um, so eventually I did come, and uh, I came with Jeremiah, which was awesome, so... It was a good, good point in my life. I was looking for a new church, um, hadn't been in a long time, grew up Christian school, went to Kingsway, 
and uh, had been in church all my life. So um, it set me up really well, started here. Um, I got to hear some great P90X stories about Bob from Kirby and Jeremiah back in the day, doing workouts in the basement. So, But Bob, Bob really uh, and I just kind of connect. We're both jocks at heart, I guess. We like sports. We like working out. He was a good inspiration. I got to watch him go to the gym and, and work out hard every day and see the effort that he put forward. And, um, you know, when I, we, we've been here for my wife and I, we've been here for about seven years now, and, and we've been blessed by so much through our adoption that wasn't ordinary. It was a, a very it was a miraculous process. And then we had a son a couple of years ago. We weren't supposed to have kids. It was a miracle. We had so much support here from the church, and we've just been so lucky to have this family. And um, we're just blessed. So thank you. Good morning. Thanks, Pete, for having me up here to share how um, we first came to City Harvest Church. Uh, as you know, my name's Chelsea. I'm married to my wonderful husband, Menno. We have two daughters, Isabella, who's nine, and Everly, who's six. And um, I love remembering the story about how we came here because it reminds me how God uses ordinary people, um, using them to become extraordinary in everyday circumstances. So here we go. Um, we moved here from Canada uh, about four years ago, and we didn't know anyone. We didn't um, have a church to go to, so we did what everybody does. We went church shopping, where we went to a new church every weekend, and we were trying to find one that felt like it was the right fit for our family, the one that God was leading us to, and we just, we just weren't finding it. So um, one day I had to take Isabella to a meeting at her new school and she was super nervous about it. So I promised her, hey, we'll check out their new park after. That will be your reward for powering through this um, uh, meeting. And so I took her and then I found out that the park was closed for repair. So she was disappointed and I was like, oh man, I don't even know a park in the area. So I did what every person does when they don't know where to go. I pulled out my phone, got Google Maps ready, I typed in park, and I literally just hit the first park that came up, and we drove. That's where we went. And it was like this little community park, kind of off the beaten path, and we landed up there, and my kids had a great time. They met um, some new friends, and that is where I met um, Noelle McKinley and Nicole Breedingham. Yes, cheer for them. They deserve it. And thank you. So um, it was there that um, we just started talking and visiting. Um, as you know, they are super kind and caring, and they love to connect with people, and it drew me in. And so uh, it was really nice to actually visit with some um, people, some other women, because I hadn't talked to anyone for so long since moving, and we hadn't connected with anyone yet. So it was so refreshing for me as a mom and um, I noticed that Noelle was wearing her City Harvest t-shirt. And since we were struggling to connect um, and find churches, um, I thought, hey, 
she would be a good person to ask about a good local church. And I did. And then she was so excited and passionate about City Harvest Church and about all of you and how amazing you guys are. And well, I just couldn't help myself. We decided to come. I thought, man, if she is this pumped about this church, we need to be there. And so we came the following weekend and I still remember walking in those front doors and Jan was the first person that greeted us with her big infectious smile, a warm hug. And I remember feeling so loved by someone that I didn't even know. And that really stuck with me. And we met Brittany who got us all taken care of for kids ministry. And it was such an amazing experience. She knelt down on one knee at my kids' level didn't know them, but felt like it, she made them feel so important, like they mattered. And in that moment, as a parent, that ministered to me in such a deep way. So thank you. And, um, and we, anyway, we, we um, had a great time at the service. And I remember leaving that day telling men, I was like, man, I don't think I've ever been in such a church that has such genuine and um, caring people. When they ask you your name and how you're doing, they actually care what your answer is. It's not just lip service. And when they, when you talk about where you're from or how you've got here, they really are interested in your life. And that was really um, impactful when we were looking for a place to call home. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, another thing that I noticed was the vibrancy of the worship and the presence of God that fell um, during worship. As we've just experienced, it was life-changing and transformative. Um, I didn't come from a charismatic church, so I have to admit that took a little bit of time for me to get used to. But I'm really glad that we hung in there because I realized that God still spoke to his people. And I didn't know that. And I realized that the Bible suddenly felt real and like it was happening to me right in front of me. It was part of my world. It wasn't just um, scripture that I was reading and that happened long ago as part of history. And I remember that first year, I felt like I was a dry sponge walking in and God just poured his water and just, um, just filled me and our family. And I just learned of all the promises that he had for us and all the that he has available for us that I wouldn't have been able to do unless we had come here. And um, I remember thinking that before scripture was words on a page and I struggled to get them from my head to my heart. But after tapping into the present, I, something changed in me, something transformed. And I was able to apply into my life in a totally new way. And um, we've grown so much since walking in those doors. So looking back, I can tell that God had a plan for us. He, um, there was many other parks that I could have chosen to go to. Um, now that I know the area a lot better, there was tons of other places we could have gone. But God had a divine appointment for us to meet um, Noel and Nicole so that we could get onto the path that he had planned for us. And Sometimes um, I think about how we moved here for Menno's job, uh, but, and, and, and it was for that reason, but I actually really feel like God pulled us out of where we were to plug us in so that we could grow deeper spiritually and grow into the people that God has called us to be. 
So um, in the ending, I just want to say thank you to Jan and say thank you to Brittany for um, greeting us that very first day, for remembering our names um, every week after. Um, it matters. And thank you to um, Noelle and Nicole that day at the park for being brave, um, for uh, like going out on a limb and getting us plugged into church. And it's awesome. Wear your t-shirts. They make a difference. Um, they do. Uh, it's an atmosphere changer, a conversation starter. It made me feel like I could approach Noelle. And so it, they really do make a difference. And um, I want to encourage and thank each and every one of you for being you. It was your genuineness, your authenticity that drew us in and ultimately kept us here. And I just want to thank you um, for being you and for being so welcoming. Um, all right. My name is Christina Troutman, and me and my husband have been coming here for about seven years. Um, we started coming because of Pastor Bob, but he actually never invited us to come. So that's kind of my story. Um, at the time, I was a physical therapist in Salmon Creek, and he was a patient at our clinic there, and he was being treated by Ike. Um, and I think they knew each other through CrossFit. We all had kind of drank the Kool-Aid for a little while, and we're all going to CrossFit there. And anyway... Um, Ike asked me if I would see Pastor Bob because I did this treatment that no one else did in the clinic. And so I was like, okay, and kind of gearing up for, okay, he's going to want to talk about his church and he's going to invite me. And, you know, just thinking of all the things in my head, what I was going to say to him. And he comes in in his workout gear. He's sweaty from going to CrossFit. And he's like, all right, let's get going. I want my Achilles tendon worked on. And he's just kind of intense. And we talked about CrossFit for 60 minutes straight. Um, and he left. And I was like, huh, that was odd. Like, cool. This pastor is this really intense CrossFitter and wanted to talk about exercise the whole time. And so I kind of left. And I was like, interesting. So I went up to Ike. And I was like, isn't that Pastor Bob? Like, who doesn't he pastor a church? And he's like, yeah, I've been there once. It's pretty nice. I was like, okay. That's kind of also a weird response about a church. And then we had a physical therapy aide at our clinic that um, had been coming here for many years. And so I went up to her and I was like, hey, Jen, tell me a little bit about City Harvest Church. And she's like, yeah, it's pretty nice. You know, it's a cool church. And so I'm like, all right. At the time, Aaron and I had been going around for many different churches just to try and really find our home. Um, we both grew up with Catholic kind of upbringing, but was sort of ready to make the jump into more of a Christian, um, you know, non-nominational church. We had been going to Mosaic in Portland for a little while, and it was super comfortable, but we were kind of sick of making the drive. And so we had tried all these different churches, and nothing just really was something that we enjoyed. I had seen Aaron, um, and we'd gone to the Catholic church many times, and I was kind of worried because going to a Catholic church to a more non-denominational church is quite the jump. Um, and But anyway, so we were just really trying to find, I was like, hey, Aaron, so I had this pastor and with Jen and Ike, like, I think we should try this church one time. And so he's like, okay, I don't care. So we come, and I had, like, this run that I was going to do in the afternoon. So I was like, okay, let's go to 11. You know, it'll be over by, like, 11.45, 12, because that's how long Catholic services last. And um, then I can go do my run at, like, 1.30, and it'll be good. And so we come, and Jan was at the door. 
And she's like, hi, who are you guys? You guys are new. Um, what's your names? I was like, oh my God, like we can't just kind of like slip in, slip out. And so we come in, we sit down and then um, Sue starts talking and she's like, okay, is there anyone new here? And Aaron's like, raises his hand up in the air and I'm just looking at him like, what are you doing? And, um, and so then at the time, like, I think we brought, they got, gave us cookies or something, like, and this lady comes over and gives it to us, so everyone knows we're new. And anyway, so we start going through worship service, which was really cool. It was really intense and loud, and everyone was really into it. It was just one of those services that you could feel God's presence there. So that was really neat. Um, so Aaron, I look over, and he's, like, kind of emotional and is, like, crying. I'm like, what is going on? Um... And then at kind of at the end of worship, I can't remember which pastor. It might have been um, Pastor Aaron. Um, you know, he asked if anyone needed to be prayed over, you know, raise your hand and, you know, we'll kind of lay your hands on you if you've been going through a difficult time. So Aaron raises his hand up in the air. And again, I'm looking over like, what are you doing? So now we have like 10 to 15 people over near us. They're laying his hands on him. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it too. And... Then I hear him, or I see him, like, really crying, really getting emotional. And um, I can't remember if he was telling me during the service or after, but he um, at first was hearing these people speaking in tongues on him. But then he started actually hearing the prayers, like, in English, like, just kind of coming in and out. Um, And so, obviously, this was a really emotional experience for him. Um, And then afterwards, he went and spoke with Aaron during the sermon, And so I'm kind of sitting by myself like, okay, this is intense. Like, this is not like a, just a normal Christian church I was expecting, right? And I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, oh my God, this is like an hour and a half. Like, what's going on? And the sermon hasn't even started yet. And so anyway, go through the sermon and um, we go to leave. And of course, many people walk up to us and I'm just trying to get out because I don't even, I can't even process what's happening Um, So we get in the car, and Aaron just looks at me, and he's like, whoa, you know, that was cool. And I was like, it was intense. I don't know. (laughs) That was really intense. Like, we're never going back there again. (laughs) And we didn't. We didn't come back for nine months. Um, But at the same time, I knew this was our church because I saw what he experienced, and I never saw that, you know, at any other church that we had been to. And it wasn't a comfortable church. It definitely wasn't a nice church. I don't know what Ike and Jen were saying when they said the words nice. I think they wanted us to experience it ourselves um, and didn't want to say, yeah, it's really intense and you're going to have these emotional experiences and we probably wouldn't have come. So anyway, um, it was really cool to just kind of start to come here after that time because we had tried to go to a few different churches and Aaron kept saying, you know, we need to go back there. That is our church. We need to feel uncomfortable. We need to really start to break out from kind of where we're at and just start to grow a little bit more. So started coming back here and Pastor Bob encouraged us to go to the um, like the membership class. And so we started doing that um, and just started to kind of meet some different people that were our age and kind of maybe some similar kind of history and, and past and got to start to meet a few people. And um, it was just, a, we knew it was a place that we wanted to stay. Um, and still to this day, every time I see Pastor Bob, so have you been working out? Like, where are you going? <laughs> where are you exercising? So it's been really cool to just have a relationship with a pastor who it's not always all about 
church and God and spirituality, but it's just more about making relationships. So um, I try now to sort of that be my kind of direction with people too, is just to really become friends with them. And then through that, they're going to know that that's a place that is really cool and really spiritual. So that's my story. Okay, I apologize. I'm feeling a little off my game today. I bought a SpongeBob shirt that said Love Wins. And I was really excited to wear that because it's like, yeah, because it's awesome. But it was in the extra large section at Marshall's and it was only a medium. So I'm not going to show off my belly like that, unfortunately. So anyway, um, I started dating my wife, Tay Rude. Um, like, I don't know, how long has it even been? It was a while ago. And um, she uh, had this grandma. Her name's Karen. She's been coming here for a long time. And I think Tay's been kind of coming here on and off since she was a little girl. And I still remember the first time I ever went to Tay's house. And uh, Karen, or Nani, as she's affectionately called by me, um, she's like, hey, uh, hi, I'm... I'm Karen. Uh, would you mind hanging up some curtains for me? And also, like, have you heard about Jesus? And I'm just like, oh, all right. It's nice to meet you. I'm really, really uncomfortable right now. And uh, just to kind of, to put it in context, I guess, I, uh, I grew up not, not just like not a Christian, but I don't know what had a hold of me when I was younger or in my early 20s, but I just like, I was really against God. I don't know why. People were people were Christian and it would really make me mad. So, but for whatever reason, God had placed Tay in my life and he'd placed Karen in my life and they would always kind of gently be, Hey, so, you know, Jesus, right? And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. And, um, it, it took years. I remember even, um, you know, Karen would always kind of gently remind me, she'd be like, Hey, you know, you come to church, city harvest. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, I'll think about it. And in my head, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just not interested in that. I just don't believe I spent a long time. I, I didn't even really believe in anything, you know, and it took me a long time to realize like, not only is that not the truth, but it's a super depressing way to live. So, um, cause there's just no point to anything. You like, Oh, just go have fun. Right. But, uh, you know, they kept kind of nudging and, and nudging. And what I kind of started to realize is that it wasn't that I didn't believe what they believed. It was that I was jealous, you know? I was really jealous of what they had. And I realized I had so much anger and depression in my heart. And based on the way that I felt about, like, why we exist and stuff, it just, it, it was never going to go away because that was, like, the realization. And, uh... I was really jealous of what they had. And um, so even when, when Tay and I got married, I still, I remember having a conversation with her even after we got married. And I'm like, look, I, I still don't believe. I even told her, it's funny because we're at Miles, my son Miles, his, we're at his dedication today. And I remember even after we got married, I told her, I'm like, I don't want Miles to go to church. I don't, I just, you know, I don't agree with that. And uh, it was just this big thing for a long time. And I just... God was really slowly working on me. And I think part of the story uh, for me is that uh, I tended to think I'm like, well, you got you to gotta make yourself a certain way and meet God in this place or he won't receive you. 
And what I've come to learn and experience is like sometimes God will aggressively like track you down. And he does that to me. I'll be, I mean, it's like you said, you know, you pray and then five minutes later, you're off doing something else. And sometimes he'll just kind of throw a roadblock right in your way. And he's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing, man? Come on. And so um, that's what's kind of been happening to me. And uh, everything changed one day when um, Tay uh, wanted prayer for something. And uh, she, she was going through something, and she wanted some prayer. And uh, Karen suggested that, you know, we go and see Jan. She's like, yeah, there's this amazing lady. Her name's Jan. You got you to gotta go sit down with her and talk. And so we did, and I just kind of agreed to go with my wife just to be supportive. You know, I'm, it was like a meeting over in the other building. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll sit through this. And um, at some point, like, Jan just kind of laser-focused in on me and started asking me all of these super deep questions and like dissecting my beliefs about the world. And I was very honest. And I told her, I'm like, look, I just don't, I just can't get down with it. I just, you know, I've thought about it a lot and I just don't, just don't know if I can get there. She's like, okay, well, you know, I would just encourage you to go home and try to maybe open your heart and just say, just say one prayer, you know, and just say one prayer and ask him to reveal himself to you and see if he won't do that. If nothing happens, then you know what? We tried. And um, it, it stands out to me like the parable of the mustard seed when I think about this story and what happened for me because I always had no faith. And then I think on that day that I said my first prayer, I had like maybe 1% faith. And uh, I'm like, okay, God, you know, they, they keep pushing and, you know, I, I'm jealous of what they have and I, I want to be happy. So um, if you could reveal yourself to me, like, that'd be pretty cool. And uh, so I prayed that prayer and then it was like, boom, like I couldn't walk into the next room without experiencing some sort of God word or miracle. Like for the next week, it just, it was just a barrage of like, yep, I'm here. And and I just started feeling like this joy and peace like I have never known in my life. And I realized like the, the anger and everything, the shame that I was feeling, I had had in my head like there's this void that just can't be filled. And that's just the nature of our condition, right? We're people. We don't know why we're here. There's no reason why we're here. But it's God. And since I rejected God, that hole was always going to be empty, and as soon as he came into my life, I just felt like this joy and this peace like I've never known. And uh, it's been so amazing. And um, so, yeah, here we are. And I just, I started diving in. And uh, like he said, I, I kind of came in and I'm like, oh, I feel super uncomfortable. I feel so like, as a new Christian too, and knowing like the things that I had believed in my life, I'm like, I just don't, I just don't know how I can ever blend in here. And guys like Isaac, guys like Skylar, guys like Jacob, they just immediately received me literally with open arms. And they are, you know, some of the best friends that I've had ever. And I, you know, I haven't even known them that long. And just the community here is so amazing. And you know, we get distracted from what God's trying to do for us. And um, that's why it's so important to have supportive people around you, you know? And I find like so many times, I swear like the enemy always attacks on, on Sunday morning. Like we're always, we're always running late. 
or like I can't find my SpongeBob shirt doesn't fit and it's just, she's not ready and what a, but I always my thing is always I'm like okay yeah I know and sometimes by the time I get here I'm like I don't even I'm just not feeling it but then you you come in and everybody's just wants to give you a hug and you just lift your hands and then everything is good because we live in a world outside of this room where God is not the focus of society and it's so easy to get distracted because I I believe these things that we live around they're really meant to distract you and um that's why it's so important to be a part of a community. And I couldn't think of a more welcoming community to be in. Honestly, I, I love this place and they've done so much for my family. And uh, now I stand here today, truly born again. I got baptized right there. And, uh, yep. And my son, who I once said I didn't want to go to church and I'm never going to go to church, we're dedicating him to this church today because I love City Harvest and I'm just so grateful for everything that you guys have done. So thank you. So the idea is, looking at that, is um, as we go into this series on a lifestyle of discipleship, is many times we can think of discipleship and inviting someone as evangelism. Um, any of you here ever done street evangelism? So I started doing uh, street evangelism when I was uh, 11 years old, no, nine years old. And I would go out with like the young adults from our church and it was freaky. We would go to this college town, Arcata, California, super hippie um, kind of area uh, very, very anti-God. And we would just stand on the corner. And if someone was so lucky to walk by us, we would then let them know that, um, they were lucky enough to engage in a very long conversation with us about what we wanted to talk about. But, uh, no, I mean, it was good. And people got prayed for, um, there were times where knives were pulled and, People got violent and all sorts of things. But, you know, many times we can think of it as this commando thing that has to take place. But really, if you think back to your life in the people that have discipled you ever since you were young, many times, you know, how many people talk about their grandmother took them to church? Or, you know, it was this coworker or this friend they had, or uh, it was my neighbor, but God uses natural things. And many times, one of the, the ways I think Satan kind of shuts us down is to make it scarier, harder, and more intimidating than it actually needs to be. Because it is a natural conversation. Here, Chelsea was just at a park. She was just looking, I mean, those were, she went through all these different random steps about, well, one kid is in a thing, we got to go to a park, okay, let's Google where's the nearest park, and went through all these things, it wasn't where's the coolest park, where's the biggest park, just went for it, and there were people that God ordained, so our job is just to be natural, you just need to be you, you don't need to become this other person, God made you exactly like he did to minister to a very special group of people that you can impact that I would never be able to impact. I tell you what, if Chelsea had gone to that park and saw me there with my mustache, and then I went up and said, you know, 
hey, ma'am, are these your cute little daughters? You know, it, it wouldn't have had the same impact. Let's just be honest. So God has called me to talk to some people and there's other people. It just, I might have it in my heart to want to minister and reach out, but it just wouldn't be the best idea. So God has called you to be you. And so you don't have to gear yourself up and look in the mirror and say, I'm, I'm fearless. I'm a fighter. I got the, you know, just walk out and be you. Talk to your neighbors as, you, as who you are. Talk to your coworkers the way that God has gifted you. Tell your story. Share what God did for you. I remember growing up in the church and in youth group and man, someone would get up and they just got saved the week before and they would share, you know, what they came in with. And we would always say, ah, oh, that's a good testimony. What a good testimony meant was the person had done a ton of things wrong and had lived a really crazy life and they had a good testimony. And growing up, going to Sunday school and loving to wear button-up shirts and tucking my shirts in all through elementary school and wanting to have my hair combed, you know, really perfect or whatever, just being... That, that somehow I didn't have a testimony. Like there's, there's no testimony that I have. No, I have a testimony because God has worked through me and that's my testimony. And so your testimony is who has God made you to be? What is he doing in your life? And what does he want to do through your life? You know, Robbie, just working out. Bob, pastor of a church vice chairman of a, of a pastor's fellowship of pastors all over the world, has traveled all over the world preaching the gospel in different nations. He didn't go in there and walk in and just like, hey, you know, well, he would have said it like that, but he, he didn't go in and, <laughs> sorry, I was channeling my inner Bob. Bob, forgive me if you're watching today. He went, though, and he was him. So he actually did do that, but that's him being him. And he just went in and worked out. But he wasn't going there with a mission or an outward thing of, I'm going to get every single person here. That would have created something that would have pushed people away. Instead, what he did is he went and he worked out. He jumped in. He gave it his all. He stood out because he was, let's just be honest, he's on the older spectrum of the people that work out there. But he became natural. And he became himself. And it attracted other people. Also, the win isn't just, it's not about, this isn't about do we get people to City Harvest. This isn't uh, uh, how do we fill the empty seats around you scheme. The win is are you walking in who God made you to be? As you walk into all situations, do you say, Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me? What do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Who do you want me to talk to? As that conversation goes, Lord, how far do you want me to keep kind of sharing more? How far do you want me to go? What's my role here? Am I planting? Am I watering? Am I tilling? What's my role? Staying Holy Spirit guided the entire time. Sometimes you're not drawing someone to hear. Maybe they've, they've been connected to a church in the community for a long time and they just haven't been there in two years, but that's where a lot of relationships are in that. And so you're encouraging them to go back to the last place God had planted them. 
Maybe knowing their family dynamics you, or, or their personality. There's, there's another church. Remember, we're not about building City Harvest Church. We're about building the kingdom of God. And that isn't just City Harvest Church in Vancouver. I've used the example before, but it's like pizza. Pizza's made of dough, cheese, sauce, and some toppings. There's all sorts of different pizza parlors that do those ingredients slightly different. And we could have an argument. I I can't believe some people still tell me that Domino's is amazing. I don't get it. But whatever. You do you. We have a way that we want to make the pizza. But there are a lot of other good churches in Vancouver and in Clark County. The win is, are we being who God has called us to be? And are we leading others to Jesus? Are we leading? And then are we leading them as we lead them to Jesus? Are we leading them into the community where God wants them to be planted? Not where I want them to be planted or you want them to be planted. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to plant a plant in the wrong environment. We, we bought some neat looking trees and we put them in our backyard and they don't do really well in the sun. I should know that because Linda Olin keeps trying to teach me these things about our plants outside. But two of them, I mean, they just fried and dead. I tried reviving them. There was no reviving. The other one's half dead. And, uh, but you got to put things in the environment where God wants them to thrive. Does that make sense? And so the encouragement as we go through this is that God wants you to be you. He wants you to step out in who he made you to be. You don't have to look like someone else or be someone else. Like the analogy I used of me going to the park. Sometimes it's better just to be you. Because God has called you for a very specific purpose, for a very specific people, in a very specific way. And then to make sure that we're obedient, that as he leads us and as he guides us, that we don't say, ah, no, that would probably be weird. Or no, I don't know. Is that really the Holy Spirit asking me to do that? Or is that just, you know, my thoughts? Or no, step out. We got to be willing to step out of the boat and become the hands and feet of Jesus. So we're excited about this and believing that, um, I believe God wants to do something in our city. I believe he wants to do something in our county. And I believe it starts by us allowing him to do something in ourself. Remember, it always was said, you know, I don't know who originated it, but if you want to see revival, draw a circle on the floor, step into the circle, and then pray for revival to come to that circle. And as the Holy Spirit begins to engulf you, and as you surrender yourself to God, that people will be drawn to you. And it will be infectious. And that is how something begins to spread. And so that's what we want to do is we want to allow that to come out of each one of us. So, um, so encourage you also just uh, as the, we, we will be sending something out, it will look kind of like this. As you can see, there's some ink on, on this one because there were some last minute um, additions and changes. So uh, I'm not positive if it will go out later today or tomorrow, it'll go out tomorrow at the very latest, but to, to pray about it. Again, don't just look for which one looks cool, which one looks fun, which one looks convenient, which one looks easy. But Lord, where do you want me to be? We want to be Holy Spirit led. Holy Spirit, where do you want me to be? And then ask, why do you want me to be there? And then get there. So, all right. 
That is that. Um, we are going to do our family member uh, celebration is another part of this where we celebrate uh, some people that have uh, gone through what we call the family member process, just learning a little bit more about who City Harvest is. Uh, we learn a little bit about who they are in their background. We talk about what it looks like to thrive here at City Harvest. We, we want to be self-feeders, so we don't just come on a Sunday to be fed and then go home and hope that we survive the rest of of the week, but we know that we need to chase after God as individuals, even as we sang this morning, that we uh, pursue God in that way. Um, we talk about leadership, not just the way we're structured here, but that each one of us is called to be a leader because each one of us has influence and influence is leadership. And the hope is that we're leading in a positive direction. Okay. Um, so we go through different things in just sharing and really asking people to pray about, is this where God has called you to be planted? And, um, you know, I was thinking even as I was driving here, sometimes I have thoughts of, you know, why do I even go to church? Anybody ever think that? I know it might be a little twisted for me and my role to think that, but I was. I was driving on 78th, just getting ready to turn right on 9th Avenue. And it's like, why do I go to church? And, uh, but um, luckily it was a positive thought that came next. But it was because it was like, you know, we need to be encouraged. You can only drive your car so long before you have to put gas in it. And, uh, but then you can only drive it so long further if you can say it that way, before you need to change the oil. Pretty soon, you got to change the tires. When you do that, you need to get an alignment. And you need to then do other tune-ups, and there's other things. Just like a car, our life is like that, where we have things we have to do on a daily basis, just like eating, or but, but in digging into the word and worshiping God. But God also puts us in community, and he also puts us in, in a larger community, and all these things for purposes to continue us, to encourage us, to challenge us. Um, you know, uh, Chelsea went through a lot of positives at City Harvest. But uh, let me ask, how many of you have had somebody forget your name here? How many of you have had me forget your name? <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> let's just cut to the chase. So it's, you know, there's, there's tough times and there's good times. But what we need to know is that we've been planted here and that God's going to work through those.